Yes, By the way, uh, I'm Aaron Lacey and he is Isaac <laughs> Maddox. Ma- May Madness, what's it been? Well, I mean, it's been all right up until the last few days. I mean, uh, simply put, simply, I've, I've got a basic, basically, I've, I've broken my nose. Um, <laughs> doing swimming, funnily enough. Aaron, you can, uh, like, yeah. what does it's, it look um, like to you from here? It's quite wonky. I think one of our friends best described it as going like Mike Tyndall's before it was straightened. Yes, obviously so, Mike Tyndall, the rugby player, yeah. yeah. Yes. So, now we can move on from the maid madness and talk about our tennis analogy in Noobles, please, our new segment. And I'll kick us off. The French Rugby Federation is allowing transgender people to take part in all France's domestic competitions from next season in a move going against recommendations from World Rugby. The French Federation issued a statement saying its executive board unanimously voted in favour of the proposal from its Anti-Discrimination and Equal Treatment Commission. In October last year, World Rugby recommended transgender women should not play in women's elite or international teams for safety reasons, uh, becoming one of the first major world sports to do so. But the governing body's guidelines were recommendations only and not binding on national unions unless in in their domestic competitions. Um, I'm all for this. I don't see why rugby... Well why world rugby said no if it if you're allowed to in france hopefully you'll be allowed to everywhere else and if women yeah. want to do it let them yeah is it aaron made a good point before we started recording but it's 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 it's, it's because obviously a transgender woman um if wanting to join men's teams obviously will have different strength abilities i know it, it's it sounds bad obviously but it's it's just that's the case isn't it it's different the hormones yeah. i mean in the scrums when, yeah yeah i mean when we play rugby and um one of our friends says um we'll do a like practice the scrum i could actually be hurt because i can't produce the power needed to go forward enough yeah. in the scrum and that would only be magnified wouldn't it uh, but yeah, exactly. But obviously, yeah, I think it, I'm all for it as well. Obviously, it's a good thing. But I think it, I really, I, I think it needs to be the player's choice. They yeah. know the risks, and I think it should be their choice. Yeah. Um, which obviously is, is, is great that France have started this off. But I think, yeah. yeah, I think it, I think it should be allowed. But I think again, it should be the player's choice yeah. as and let them know the risks as well. Okay, so move on to the brilliant world of. Formula Uno. Yes, Formula One uh, today is, what is it, Saturday today, and uh, qualifying has happened. Uh, Ferrari's Charles Leclerc secured pole position for his home Monaco Grand Prix, despite dramatically crashing on his final lap. In an accident which prematurely ended the qualifying session and denied his closest rivals a chance to beat him. But Lewis Hamilton, the world championship leader, was unusually not among those pole contenders and qualified seventh on the hardest F1 track on which to overtake. Max Verstappen, 14 points adrift of Hamilton in the standings, and now with a big chance to make inroads into his Mercedes rival in Sunday's race, took second for Red Bull with Valtteri Bottas third, the other Mercedes. And uh, Carlos Sainz, the other Ferrari, in fourth, and Lando Norris, uh, fifth. So I think Aaron's got a very smug smile on his face. Oh, now. yes. 
Um, right. <laughs> Basically, I'm I was the happiest man in the world. Um, hopefully, Charles isn't affected too badly because he could have a penalty, which obviously by the time winners come out, we'll know if he does. Uh, which because he might have to in the gearbox, but. Right now, I'm sort of riding this wave of anti-Hamilton happiness. Yes, I hope I hope he doesn't because uh, obviously I don't know if you're aware. Uh, this is Charles Leclerc's home Grand Prix. Yeah, uh, it's in Monaco. He's in Monagalese, is that how you say it? Something like that. Monagasque. Monagasque. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, so I, I hope he does well. And it's, obviously, Ferrari have been strong at this uh, this race because Char- um, La- Carlos is fourth as well. So uh, yes. yeah, Lando so, fifth. So Charles, if you're hearing me. Stay in pole position. That's all you have to do, son. Come on, yeah, Lando. Absolutely. And uh, speaking of Lando, in fifth, Aaron, you've got some more news. Yeah. Lando Norris has signed a multi-year deal to continue racing for McLaren. The 21-year-old Briton has made a flying start to his third season of F1 at the team and his fourth in the Drivers' Championship. After the opening rounds, heading into this weekend's Monaco Grand Prix, Norris, who joined McLaren's Young Driver Programme in 2017, claimed his second career podium at Imola last month and is confident of greater success on the horizon as the former champions plot their way back up to the front. I'm happy for him, uh, yeah. apart from he's getting a lot more money than I will ever see in my lifetime. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Lander, what is he, 21, 22, something like that? Yeah, really 21. It literally says it in the article, mate. Oh, yeah, I wasn't listening. No, I'm joking, <laughs> I was. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's great for him. I'm a, I'm a Lando fan, I would say. I, I like McLaren as well, so it's great to see that. And, uh, yeah, as a young driver, I can see he's got a massive future yeah. there. So it's great. great massive for potential, that. and he's Absolutely. beaten Danny Rick quite a lot. Yes, exactly. Uh, now, a bit of our favourite sport, obviously. It's a bit of the ball and the racket. Go. Yes, a bit more tennis for you this week. Uh, Wimbledon Chiefs are confident of operating at more than 25% spectator capacity at this year's championship. The All England Club said last month that it hoped to welcome at least a quarter of the usual number of fans but with the latest lifting of coronavirus restrictions more tickets should be available when they go on sale in june the grand slam was cancelled last year for the first time since world war ii because of the coronavirus pandemic um, and it's great to see some optimism with the with the, the crowds yep a fantastic amount of optimism demonstrated by uh all England club um i'm hesitant to say but they're correct. I'm also hesitant to say they're wrong. No one really knows anything right now with the Indian variant and all of that. Um, but hopefully they are correct and we can have a full yeah. capacity Wimbledon. Well, so it's just the thing really, with... Yeah. To really galvanise the nation over strawberries and cream. <laughs> uh, the, the last week or so, it's been really great to see fans back. And it's really like, was it the FA Cup final in particular? Yeah. It was massive to see uh, these, these fans in the and stadium. And it was also huge. massive for another reason, which we're going to come on to a bit later yes. on. Obviously, that was that was last week, but um, but yeah, and uh, in, in the rugby as well, there's two uh, two finals happened this weekend, um, the, the European finals. The fans, it was both both at Twickenham, both with foreign uh, foreign clubs. It was just the fans are enjoying themselves. It's great yeah. to be there, and uh, yeah, it's great to see as well. But uh, next story. Yeah. Uh, next story is Harry Kane has let it be known to Tottenham Hotspur that he wants to leave the club in the summer. The striker expressed his frustration at the end of last month at a continued inability to achieve his ambition of winning major trophies at Spurs in comments that felt like the first step of an exit strategy. The England captain has now activated step two with sources closer to, close to him saying that he has told the club he wants a move. The move, which will be noted with great interest at Man- Manchester City, Manchester United, 
Morrissey represents a nightmare for the Spurs chairman, Daniel Levy, who is currently seeking a permanent managerial replacement for Jose Mourinho. Uh, right, Harry Kane. Uh, I just want to say it before I say what I'm about to say next. I do not want him at Manchester United because I do not like him. I don't want him at Liverpool either. <laughs> however, I don't want Spurs. No. I, I no. don't like Spurs as well. So I, think, I uh, no yeah. too. I don't want him to come to Liverpool. I don't want him at City because City, they'd they just be overpowered. Yeah. Um, I think he, he's good at Spurs. I think he should just stay. Yeah. I don't know why he wants to leave. Yeah. To be honest. Um, it's, it's because he isn't going to get as much money as he could if he isn't going to win trophies. And that, yeah. he, he, that's his only ambition in life. Get money. To do that, he has to have a club behind him that will win him trophies. Yeah. And Ole, again, I'm going to plead to, some, to the second person within about 10 minutes of this episode, please do not sign Harry Kane. Uh, right, final yeah. story. More football news, a bit of Liverpool stuff now. Jurgen Klopp says it will be an absolutely massive achievement if Liverpool can secure fourth place in the Premier League and qualify for the Champions League next season. Liverpool struggled badly in the defence of the title they won for the first time in 30 years, with Manchester City confirmed as the 2020-21 champions after rivals Manchester United lost to Leicester. Uh, this meant Pep Guardiola's side could not be caught. Jurgen Klopp's team have managed to keep up the pressure on those above them in the table. However, with a run of six victories and two draws in the last eight league matches, meaning they still have their destiny in their own hands. And it all comes down to the final day tomorrow. Yeah. Um, to be fair, I'm really hoping they can get into Europe because, quite frankly, they deserve to win given the amount of injury crisis they yeah. had. Um, and I think we'll continue to have because I don't think there's, well, uh, anyone's going to be back, are they, for next Well, season. that's another thing Klopp said. If, if City had the injuries that we had, they wouldn't yeah. have won the league. That's what Klopp yeah, said. Yeah, I but, saw that earlier um, today. Virgil is on the mend. He's, he's on the mend back. We've got like the likes of Henderson, James Milner, yeah. Joe Gomez, all of them. They're on the mend, but they're going to be out for a, yeah. a bit longer still. So probably, obviously not the rest of the season because there's only one game yeah. left. But... Fingers quite massively crossed for Liverpool to get into the Champions League. It would be brilliant to see them. Absolutely. And... Uh... Yeah, and obviously we'll have a massive chat later on about the final day. Uh, but yeah. that was the news. Right, Aaron, before we move on, I just wanted to say, corner taken quickly. Oh, lordy, lordy, lordy. Okay, here's your first one. How many gold medals did USA get in the 2016 Olympic Games? Christ almighty, did they get... Just when wondering, if a team wins something, does so say there are four, is it only one medal that's counted or is it four? That's a good point. I've got no idea. Okay. I'm going to say 20. I, sh- I assume one. Uh, no, 46. Okay. It was a record, right. record of gold medals. There you go. Good. Uh, right. There has been an interview occurring during our week and it is a fantastic one that our guest is probably the most attentive and the most nice person we could have asked yes for. absolutely uh, um, so yeah yeah really Pete, so yeah this is uh, <laughs> our next installment of talking sports with sports people here we go what's the score with aaron and isaac Okay, so now it's time for the next instalment of Talking Sports with Sports People. And uh, now we're joined by a dance coach, ballet coach. Uh, it's Chrissy. Hello, Chrissy. Hi, how are you today? 
Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. Um, we're all good, aren't we? We we are. We are. And we're going to start off just a simple question. First of all, how did you first get into uh, into ballet, into dance? In the how first did place? I get into dance? Okay, so um, I went dancing because my friends went dancing when I was about five or six, and uh, then I just kept going and kept yeah. going and going, <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. Um. Obviously, it's like. What sort of dancing was it? Was it always ballet or was it like ballroom or? So um, I started off with just going to a ballet class once a week. And then after a year or so, I took up tap dancing. So that's uh, dancing where you make rhythmical patterns with your feet. Uh, then yeah. I took up modern, which is like you might see in a musical. So stage, basic dancing for the stage. Oh, okay. um, I've never done ballroom, but I have done um, various kind of social dance styles like um, Sort of regency dancing which is think jane austen and it's dancing from yeah thing. um i yeah. i've danced can can i've danced all sorts of things lots of different so, different so what we're getting at here is quite a, like a wide range of knowledge about yeah, all absolutely. things dance mm. well that, well that that is very good now nowadays obviously you're uh you're a coach teacher of a, of a i'm dance, a teacher right? teacher uh, yeah. what would you say is, is the most rewarding thing about uh teaching young kids about the little ones or about the big ones? Both. Both. Okay, so about the little ones, I think the most rewarding thing is just seeing them go home with a bit of a smile on their face. So, uh, but with the big ones, I think the thing that kind of keeps me going and keeps me wanting to do it is seeing how they grow and how they develop. Um, so I've got some, some students in particular that took lockdown and ran with it and they've come out of lockdown far better dancers than I ever was. And it's exciting to see how they hold each other up and how they've become a bit of a, a tribe and uh, they're all about each other that it's dance dance in a lot of ways is a very very individual and independent solo kind of thing it's, it's not a sport that you do in a team but my girls they they're they're a tribe they're a team so it's that's what i like about the older ones they they hold each other up yeah yeah obviously uh, we've spoken to predominantly people who do stuff in teams and it's Sure. And they've and they've all sort of said it's just always nice to have a team, so it must just be very nice for them to have that tribe mentality. And I think so. I've I've been um, studying at a degree level currently because dance teachers. I don't know if you know much about qualifications for sports people, but in general, at um, grassroots levels, you only really need a level two qualification to coach. Dance teachers have to be qualified to level four, which there's a lot in the city that haven't even got that. And I'm currently doing the level six dance teaching qualification, which which makes it a degree. Um, and as part of that, we've sort of been discussing sort of your past and, and your experiences growing up dancing. And a lot of the people in my course, and, and myself included, we never really felt part of a, a team or a tribe growing up. And I think that's something you need to foster to have a healthy studio climate, to have a really positive place for people to learn effectively. You need to have, um, that feeling of belonging and and that's that's what it's about yeah cool well what what's been your sort of motivation throughout throughout the years to keep going through it throughout the years i can't think of anything better to do yeah that's a fair yeah, point that, yeah. that's good <laughs> yeah. that's very but good if, if you if you've got a job that you skip out the house to every day it's not really work yeah exactly no it's just the oh. enjoyment isn't it uh, well yeah i, I mean i have 
days when it doesn't go to plan and I have days when the, they wind me up. I'm sure I wind them up, but I can't imagine not going to work. And if, if that happened, then I would change my job. If I didn't want to keep learning, I would change my job. I think teaching is, because it, it's, it's less about the dance and more about the fact it's teaching. And it is something that can impact people in such a huge way. It can yeah. influence your life. Whereas generally with sport, I guess in some respects it does influence your life. You get people that play sport and then they watch sport. So it does, particularly football I'm thinking of. Um, but with dance, there's a lot of children that dance and then kind of drop out and then they never do it again. Whereas I actually want people to feel like dance is something they want to take forward into their, their adult lives. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just just listening to that, I feel inspired to, to, <laughs> to have a nice job. I mean, you must be a very good teacher if you <laughs> can you. say about 30 seconds of words and instantly inspire <laughs> someone. Well, um, I mean, kind of looking at my students that I've had in the past, because obviously I'm, I'm quite old these days, um, but one of my students that I used to teach, so I was in my early 20s and she was in her early teens and um, she danced and she loved her dancing and when she left school she didn't know what she wanted to do but she knew she wanted dancing to be in it she knew she was never going to be a professional dancer however she's gone on and she's now trained as a dance and movement psychotherapist so she still dances but now she helps people as well and I just think how incredible is that how how lucky am I to have been part of that journey it's just yeah, it's brilliant yeah yeah, I've, yeah I mean wow <laughs> yeah that's about what I can say on that. Um, yeah, so obviously uh, you, you inspire people and uh, to, to carry on. But what, what, who, who or what would you say was your inspiration when you first started? Um, my grandmother took me to see Swan Lake at the Mayflower, which wasn't the Mayflower, it was the Gaumont then. But um, I went to see Swan Lake and I wanted to be a ballerina because I saw oh. these 25 girls on a stage in their white tutus looking amazing and sparkly and, and looking like me. And I could associate with a lady in a tutu because it's sparkly and pretty and and as a six-year-old that's what you want you want to be sparkly yeah. and pretty generally um and then once i started dancing i think my my dance teacher actually was my inspiration um i mean to show my age when i was in primary school you did i don't know if you had to do this you had to have a book and in it you like i when i grow up i want to be a blank and then you had to fill in the gap or I was angry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. And, yeah, I'm sure we did that. Yeah, yeah. My mum found this book and she gave it to me the other day. And in it, it says, um, "When I grow up, I want to be Mrs. Beck. She's my ballet teacher, and I love her. I wish I could live with her." That's <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, I was six or seven, but but that was the impact that that she had on me then. Um, yeah. Going forward, I don't think I've been particularly inspired. By any one person over the years um but i can think of an awful lot of people that i don't want to be like which is probably not yes. the thing <laughs> yeah obviously we've had uh lockdown well many lockdowns um how have you managed to keep you both you and your students uh fit during lockdown um uh not every student has has carried on over lockdown but um the first week it happened, and that, that was March the 23rd was the first day, and because um, it's my son's birthday, so I'll never forget that day. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I sort of thought, oh goodness, what are we going to do? And I thought to myself, this is going to last about six weeks. So 
we didn't dance that first week and then I thought to myself, I've got to do something about it. And I'd heard about this little thing called Zoom. So I got an account and I thought I'm going to get the paid account because if the paid account gives me more time and there's less people using it, I reckon that'd be all right. So I jumped on that. I changed my timetable. I emailed out to the parents and said, I'm doing this. I'll see you on Zoom. And I mean, it was astounding the amount of, of children that, that got together with us and they, they did the whole Zoom thing. I mean, um, there were a few that couldn't access it because of technology. Um, there were a few that couldn't access it because of uh, space at home, um, which which kind of just shows you how uh, kind of not complicated. It's not quite the right word, but how far apart worlds are. Um, but we just got on and we got on with it because we couldn't think of any other way to deal with it. And I mean, from my point of view, I did it for me as much as for them, because yeah. I, I knew that I needed to have some sort of routine to my day. I needed to have some sort of... Um, purpose almost. Yeah, purpose. That's I needed what to have, I felt in the first Yeah, and, and I mean, some of the girls, I think really, really struggled. And then there are others, and I can think of a couple in particular, who just kind of, blew it out of the water they were incredible and and they've really really uh sort of stepped up so it's been it's been really interesting yeah um so th throughout your uh, your career uh have it so obviously lockdown is a big setback but have you have, have you had any other sort of uh, major setbacks or injuries you could say um i've never really had setbacks or injuries but i have um i've had children <laughs> and kind of stopped everything for yeah. <laughs> yeah. um yeah I found that that you have to slow down a bit, but then when I had the my youngest, who's oh gosh, he's eleven now, um, I just took him with me, so he just came to class, and then <laughs> then nothing's really stopped anything. I've been really lucky with injuries. I know I know what I've got in the way of um, kind of weak bits of my physique. So I know I've got a dodgy ankle, and I know I've got um, sort of lack of strength these days because I'm old um, and shin splints. But there's nothing that ever stops me particularly, and you just you adapt things. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, right. Would you like to have a bit of an advert for your dance school? Oh, oh if you care to let me, that would be lovely. So, um, my my school is a small school, really, in the big scheme of things. Um, we are in the Shirley area of Southampton. Uh, if you are interested in hearing more or seeing more, you can follow our Instagram, which is Southampton Dance Academy. You can find us on Facebook under the same name, or you can look at our website, which is www.southamptondanceacademy.com. That's all one word. And then I can look on Wix and I can find out where you will be watching me from. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, lovely stuff. Now, we have a few more questions in a bit, but it's now time for our uh, segment we do with all of our guests. It's extra time. Now, huh. this is the segment where we're going to give you 15 seconds to name as many of the things as you can in a specific category. It's quite difficult. Uh, we've, we'll give you the leaderboard before we start. Um, so we've had, we've had a swimmer, we've had a sea swimmer, we've had a cricketer, we've had a hockey player. Oh, who else have we had, Aaron? <laughs> Uh, uh, we have a taekwondoist or taekwondoan, whatever you're meant to say, a gymnast uh, and a sea swimmer. Yes. Uh, so, 
you will have 15 seconds. Aaron is on the clock. I've got the list for yeah. you. Uh, it's a it's a big list, but we thought you've only got 15 seconds, so uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, you've got 15 seconds to name as many uh, ballet terms as possible. So it's ballet terms in 15 ballet seconds. Yes. According to the cityacademy.com website. Yes. The City Academy, where is the City Academy based? Because if it's... Uh, I'm not sure, but as far as I can tell, they're all French, so... Well, they will all be French, but it just depends on whether they're the same um, kind of. Yeah, you, you should get lots. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll give you we'll give you that. Okay. Okay. You've got fifteen seconds. Your time starts now. Plié, tendu, grand battement, ronde de jambes, assemblée soutenue, par char, par de bourre, pirouette, posé turn, coupé turn, grand jeté, grand jeté en tournant, chassé passé, changement en char, changement battu. Uh, and that is time. Oh my word! I believe that was sixteen. I believe that was sixteen. <laughs> that was super quick. Wow! <laughs> so yeah, that was amazing. Well done. Now um, we've got a bit of a dodgy uh, scoring system, but uh, uh, I can tell you for sure you'll be top of the leaderboard. But um, yeah. So the scores work. If you score between one and two, you get one point. If you score between two and uh, sorry three and four, you get two points, and so on. So because you scored, oh, I don't know, what was it, sixteen? So between fifteen and sixteen, I'm assuming that's about eight points. So uh, yes, that puts you four points clear at the top of the leaderboard. There you go. Lovely, lovely stuff. Wow, there we go. That, that is time. absolutely amazing. <laughs> I don't see that being beaten personally. There we go. There you go. Ballet is not a sport, but we definitely are. The winners, yes, exactly, exactly, <laughs> yeah. and uh, I, I suppose it was kind of expected though, to be honest. Uh, in that <laughs> category, so yeah, there you go, good fun. Now, uh, a couple more questions for you. So, first of all, what, what do you think is, is uh, the future holds for you and, uh, and your dance school? Um, my for, well, for me, for me, my future holds a large gin and tonic, probably. Um, <laughs> good, for, well done, <laughs> good start. No, for me, to be fair, uh. In the short term, it's to complete my teaching degree, um, just to level up and, and to make myself the most qualified that I can be. Uh, in the long term, it's to expand and grow my school to to have more different genres of dance going on. So currently we've got ballet, tap, modern and contemporary. I want to add street and I want to add um, a couple of other things into that kind of roster. Um, for my school, I guess it's the same. It's, it's growing the school, um, adding teachers to the school, and, and just becoming a bit of a household name really around the city. That would be that would be nice. Very nice. Um, again, I'm so, I'm so, I've got to say I'm still in shock over extra time. <laughs> um, uh, final question: uh, What are your tips and tricks for um, up and coming dancers, other than go to your academy? <laughs> work hard work hard stay humble and and never ever assume even if you're the best in the class there'll always be somebody that's better than you um and i think the most important thing is probably to dance because you enjoy it and not for any other reason so if you go dancing because you think it's going to be a career then like one in one in 15 dancers that go to dance college will get a career out of dance it is, it's brutal, it's cutthroat, um, and it's really hard to get into. I think if, you, if you're if you going because you enjoy it and you want to go to college because you enjoy it and then you, you use those skills somewhere else down the line, I think that's the way forward. Um, 
yeah i think i think it's a very very tough industry and and first and foremost do it because you love it and not because you care what anybody else thinks yeah okay. and uh just a just thought so what, what would you what would you say to uh, maybe young boys who might, might want to get into dance because obviously i know that's not necessarily a, a big thing yeah what would you say to young boys who are looking to do that well i i actually teach quite a lot of boys within my um oh, okay. my work so i teach ppa classes in primary schools um so today i had a class and there was 30 children in the class and it was top heavy with boys so there must have been about 17 or 18 boys and we tap danced wow, yeah. and they had a blast i think I think stereotypes often dictate that boys shouldn't dance. But I mean, if you enjoy it, why wouldn't you do it? It's, it's no different to girls playing yeah. football. Um, yeah. And I also think that there's sometimes is, is cultural reasons why boys don't dance. And I think it's a shame, but I can completely understand it. And like that's one of my constant, I won't say battles because it's, it's the wrong word, but it's one of the things that I constantly am uh, working to overcome. Yeah. Because I, I think sure. like, I have this thing that I do when I go into a new class, when I'm in school, not when I'm in dancing in my school, because actually those children come to me because they choose to, but when I go into school and the children don't have a choice in the matter, I have like an entrance and an exit pole. So we come in, they sit down in a nice big circle and I say to them, put your hands up if you think dance is just for girls. And generally, all the girls put their hands up, dance is just for girls. All the boys say, yes, dance is just for girls. Put your hands up if you think dance is for boys and the hands will stay down. And then when we do that again at the end of the term, put your hands up if you think dance is just for girls and there are no hands up. Because by the time they've got to the end of the sessions and they've realised that actually it's just about moving and enjoying themselves and moving to music and playing with their friends and, and it's very playful and it's very, um, it's very easy to achieve in dance because... Um, like the start point within dance is different. So if you're learning maths and you've got pi r squared is the answer to whatever it is area um, or diameter or circumference or whichever yeah. one. Yeah, uh, one, one <laughs> thing even, even though our podcast is called What's the Score, maths is not our strong suit. Yeah, yeah fair enough. It doesn't um, matter. But if, you, if you've got a, a maths sum and it's got a very definitive answer, it's either wrong or right. Whereas when you start dancing and you start moving, particularly with with creative dance and community dance practice, when you start to move and, and create, those kids can't get it wrong. So it puts them in a whole different place. Yeah. And then you find the children that find it hard to access education in, in the most common ways. And they they find themselves actually being good at something. And then because they're good at it, you start to see the confidence. And then you start to see them kind of feel good and then they come to your class and they're the first in the door you've got that naughty boy that miss smith can't get to do his maths and he's the first one in going miss miss look at this look what i can do and yeah. it's it's oh it's brilliant and i just think it is it's so so leveling like it just levels the playing field and like with sport sorry i'm going on That's fine, it's good. <laughs> with sport if you're not good enough you don't make the team mm. um with dance as an industry, as a profession, if you're not good enough, you don't make the the cast. You don't get that part. With community dance, there is no not good enough. Everyone's yeah. good enough. You, you can move. You can dance. You've got a body. You can dance. Exactly. It's fancy walking. Yeah. So Brilliant. exactly. There's no wrong way yeah. to do it. So yeah. No, not at all. 
And can I just say, I can see why you are a coach or a teacher, whatever you say. You <laughs> I'm a teacher. But, but yeah, yeah. But quite quite frankly, I reckon you could probably make any, the, the worst of the worst of stereotypes believe that dance is truly for everyone. You're so. an amazing speaker. Yes. Um, uh, I just wanted to say, I, I asked about, basically, I just wanted to get Aaron into dance, really. Yeah. I, think, <laughs> I think he needs it. I think he needs it. He does. I, I can imagine him boogieing around, you know. But yeah. <laughs> Lovely stuff. Well, thanks very much for joining us. It's been a great fun to chat to you. Uh, and uh, good luck with your future. And uh, thank yeah, you. thank yeah. you very much for talking to us. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Goodbye. What's the score with Aaron and Isaac? Okay, so thank you very much to Chrissy for that interview. And if you are Great thinking stuff. of going dancing, please do go and look at the Southampton Dance Academy if you're in Southampton. And if, if you if you guys want to see Aaron dancing, then do let us know. No, uh, no, no! Please, let us know. And we'll, we'll, I'll try and get him dancing. But yeah, there you go. Right. Um, so, it is now time. For Quantine Quickly times oh. two! Oh, oh I'm gonna no. give you two to face. Here you go. So, right. Where was the world record for the men's pole vault, pole vault most recently achieved? Where? Oh, okay. So, obviously, the last Olympics would have been 2016 Rio, but I think it would be. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say London. You're gonna say Glasgow. You're gonna say London, but it's actually Glasgow. Okay, for I, I was. And now the <laughs> second part. How many times did Michael Schumacher qualify on pole? Oh, that's it's gonna be lots and lots. I know uh, Hamilton has beaten him. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he uh, has. Yeah. So I don't know how many Hamilton is to be honest, but. Hundred. A hundred. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was last week, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, okay, so. I think it is. Uh, Ninety-one. 68. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so that was my all my content quickly done in one go. But now it is time for us to sit back and laugh at some fantastic quotes from Mr. Isaac Maddock. Isaac, what's coming up now? It's time for... What? Yes, say what. And uh, this week... My funny sporting quotes come from uh, cricket commentator Mr. David Lloyd, and not the guy who started the gym. Um, no, no. Okay, first one. Some of these are pretty, pretty darn funny, I must say. Okay, here's your first one. The IPL started in 1998, and there's still no sign of a conclusion. It's going on longer than the mouse trap. <laughs> I like that. That's good, that. True as well. Yeah. Here's your next one. We consistently talk about consistency, and my criticism of that is we consistently get beaten. <laughs> well, that basically sums up England for you. Here's your next one. If he, Paul Collingwood, was playing outside your house, you'd shut the curtains. <laughs> okay, this is nice. This is a good one. Uh, it's talking about Darren Patterson here. If you've had your roof done by Patterson, give us a call. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay uh, so this next quote is um david lloyd with an appeal to billionaire alan stanford on the day the uh, us 100 million dollar stanford 2020 was in 20 was announced um it says come on give me a hug too i'm in canterbury i love you uh this is good so this is uh, david lloyd gives his verdict on stuart broad bouncing out matthew sinclair hook line and sinclair 
<laughs> that's good. I like that. That's very nice. There you go. That, that's the say what for this week. Okay. Uh, thank you for to Mr. David Bumble Noise um, for that beautiful selection of quotes throughout your very long fun. and distinguished career. May long it continue. But now it is time to dig out the good old tennis analogies. I'm going to hit a ball to a line, but it's not going to go out. It's time it's for the umpire to say game, set, and match. All you have to do is guess the sporting moment. Sounds easy, there must be a catch. You will get free clues, and then you start a guessing. This is game, set, and Okay, so time for us to play our weekly game of game, set and match. Isaac, can you give us the score? Okay, so the, yes, well, the scores stand at 11 points to Aaron, 5 points to me, 8 games to Aaron, 2 games to me. Uh, And we're going to toss a coin this week. Now, this week, this week, we've got uh, David Hay or Floyd Mayweather. What are you going to go for? David Hay. Yes, of course, it's David Hay. There he is. Thank you. On the roll. Thank you. Lovely stuff. Okay, first or second. Point at a boxing arena. (laughs) Uh, Right, I will read mine to you first. Okay, go for it. Your first clue. Winger. (laughs) Okay. Winger. Uh, Winger. 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 Jonah Lomu. I don't know. No. Okay. Second. Picking it up. Winger picking it up. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know. Versus Australia. Winger picking it up. I'm assuming this is rugby. Am, am I correct? Yes, it yeah. is. Yes. Winger picking it up versus Australia. I'm thinking. I'm thinking England. I'm thinking. It could be. Could, could, could it be a year? Maybe just you know. Just... I do not know the year. Oh, I've got no idea. Okay, it's George North picking up Israel Fulham oh, and literally yeah. running with him. Yeah, winger, yeah. He could have maybe said Wales instead of winger, just to, you know, give him a bit more idea, but yeah, fair okay. enough, good Sorry. stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, yeah, well, George North had the ball, though, that was the thing. Yeah. So yeah. It, it wasn't like he was trying to tackle him, he had no. the ball, but he picked him up, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff. On a list of 10 rugby sporting moments, so I thought that felt that fit into it well. Isaac, what's my one? Okay, hopefully you should get this. I've made the the clues a little bit more difficult, obviously, because you're thrashing me. But, uh, okay, here you go. 1985 final. Wasn't even born, do not know. Okay, your second clue. Also known as the Black Bull final. Right. I still don't have a clue. Okay, your third clue. Uh, massive comeback. Right, so, what was... Can you read all the clues again? Okay, 1985 final, also known as the Black Ball final, and it has a massive comeback. Okay, so I'm going to say... Okay, do you know the it's, sport? It's rugby? I said it's called a Black Ball final. Come on, no, I mean... I don't. Black so, Ball... It's the Black Ball final. I haven't got a clue. Unbelievable. I mean, it's snooker. 
Oh, I wouldn't know anything to do with snooker, but I'm going to say, did Ronnie O'Sullivan win after suffering like a lot no. of loss? Uh, you you will know this probably hopefully if not then it's going to be a big okay, thing cool. but uh, uh, Mr Dennis Taylor um, I, I'm seeing a face of a man who doesn't know who that is I've heard of him but I didn't know he was involved in any sort of final I the know guy with the Dennis funny glasses Dennis Taylor the guy with the funny oh, glasses yeah. yeah yeah okay I do get him now uh, he played Steve Davis in the 1985 final at the Crucible and uh, Steve Davis was thrashing him he was like what seven yeah. seven up and uh, but then um, Dennis Taylor came back uh, and managed to draw it at like 15 frames all or sorry, 17 frames all at the end and it came down to the last two balls uh, the pink ball and the black ball I think don't don't quote yeah. me on this um and, well, I should uh, hope it's the black ball it came down to, because otherwise yeah. it sort of... Redundant. Well, yes, but, I mean, Dennis Taylor missed the pink ball, but then Steve Davis potted the pink ball, but then missed the black ball, which then left it for Dennis Taylor. Oh, okay. I'm not sure if he got it that... But, yeah, he came back from a massive uh, comeback. Okay. And, yeah, Dennis, he was the he was uh, the the undercard as well, the underdog. And he was okay. he was sort of the goofy one with the funny glasses, but then he was a, he became a legend. Okay, so that was our game of game set and match, and the scores do not move no. again. Or we are sorry because we are sick. Okay, so the scores still stand at eleven points to Aaron, five points to me, eight games to Aaron, and two games to me. Okay, so uh, that was game set and match, and we'll have another one next week. What's the score with Aaron and Isaac? Ho then, thank you very much for listening to our game set and match. But we're going to ditch the tennis analogies and move straight on to the time when I'm going to make you laugh till it hurts. This is Aaron's Factual Frenzy. Yes, and for Isaac, it really will hurt because of his nose. And whenever he laughs, it hurts. Yeah, it, it does, actually does. Pain, <laughs> I'm in pain. Anyway, carry on. Uh, when Chinese basketball player Yao Ming first appeared for his new team in Houston, it was celebrated with 8,000 fortune cookies, which were distributed <laughs> to the fans. Ming was more than surprised, as he had never seen a fortune cookie in his life, as fortune cookies are not a Chinese but American invention. Oh, my word. That's like three facts in one. Wow, that's huge. <laughs> okay, it's going to be hard to beat that one. There are no reported incidents of death by dehydration in the history of world running, but there are plenty of cases of people dying because of drinking too much water. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I suppose if you, you hydrate too much, then yeah. you fill up and yeah. Exactly. Wow. And since, 90, since 1896, soccer fields in Germany have to be free of trees. Since since eighteen ninety six, what about before yeah. then? <laughs> well, you know, let, right? I know. Yeah, cross it in, cross it in, on yeah, the edge. Oh no, it it's at the tree. Oh, it's a tree. <laughs> right. Uh, what is the best fact there? Definitely the first one. Okay, so remember, guys, when Chinese basketball player Yao Ming first appeared for his new team in Houston, it was celebrated with many fortune cookies, which were distributed to the fans. However, Ming was quite surprised as fortune cookies are not a Chinese but an American invention. Once again, Americans being dipsticks. Okay, uh, so yeah, that was Alan's folks' frenzy. Good stuff there. And now it's time for corner taking quickly. Oh, lordy, lordy. Here you go. go. Okay. Hit me hard. 
Another Olympic one for you. How many gold medals has Germany won in total? In like forever. Yep. Not a clue, but I'm going to say got to be going on for 532. Oh, 578. Oh, not bad at all. Not that's bad. That's very at good. All. That. Right. Okay. Okay, so now it is time to launch into our Guess the Score segment where we just talk about football for, for your entertainment, isn't it, Isaac? Yes, pretty much. Now, ladies and gents, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll obviously, as we go through, we'll guess, we'll predict the scores for a couple of matches. But first of all, we're going to go over last week's scores. So what have you got? Well, last week's predictions, not the scores. Yeah. Uh, the FA Cup final, I predicted a 2 Two-all draw with Leicester taking it home on penalties. Isaac predicted a 2-1 win to Chelsea. But it was 1-0 Leicester. Come on. Yes, lovely game as well. What a game. Yeah, it was fantastic game. So close. Game. What, what, what I wanted really to happen was Jamie Vardy to get the winner because he hasn't yeah. scored all season no, in he the hasn't FA scored, Cup. He hasn't scored yeah. in the FA Cup all season and he has never but won what I, what, what I wanted to happen is Leicester to win. Yeah, so, they did. Um, you know, I can't remember yeah. who scored. But, uh, I can't game. either because it was a week ago. <laughs> Actually, it's more than that by the time they're listening to this. It's over a week. Yeah. Uh, right. So that was the FA Cup final for you. Then Liverpool and West Bromwich Albion. I predicted 2 1 to Liverpool. I predicted 2 0 to Liverpool. It was 2 1 to Liverpool. Thank you. Yes. Good Thank stuff. You. Oh, right. Okay. But the, the big thing about that game, obviously, yeah. is. Um, Obviously, West Brom went 1-0 ahead yeah. um, and then we equalised Nat Phillips with a header. And then, yeah. was it 95th minute, yeah. last kick of the game, corner from Trent Alexander-Arnold, up comes Allison from the goal. Oh, the yeah. defenders are thinking... Yeah. Oh, my word. The defenders He's are thinking a laugh, it's a goalkeeper. He? He's having a laugh. We don't need to mark the goalkeeper. No. He stood in the box, corner comes in. He's not surrounded. He jumps up, heads it. Far corner. Allison scores the winner. 95th minute. What a... I mean, fair play to him, but what a goal yeah. as well. Like yeah. What a goal. Uh, first goalkeeper ever to score the winning goal. Yeah. Only like five other people, five other goalkeepers who have actually scored. Wow. Yeah. And uh, he, he said he's dedicated his match-winning injury-time goal for Liverpool uh, to his late father, who died earlier this year, uh, which yes. is great, lovely for him. And, uh, yeah. yeah, really nice to see it. And uh, this, is, this is some words that he said, you can't explain these things. I couldn't be happier than I am now. That's what Alison said. So, yeah, yeah. absolutely amazing stuff. And, and you really can't explain that goal. No, exactly. So <laughs> Go, go uh, and watch the uh, highlights yeah. on uh, Sky I think Sports Football YouTube channel. Even if you're not a Liverpool fan, you've got to appreciate yeah. that. It's not, it, I suppose yeah. Alisson is the one you want really because he's just yeah. he's just a nice guy. Uh, yes, the, uh, he's yeah. a nice guy. He's Brazilian. All Brazilians are pretty much lovely. Yeah. So yeah, good stuff. Um, but yeah, next one. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, Manu Fulham. Um, I predicted a three-two win to United. I predicted a three-one win to United. Isaac, what was it? I, I... can't remember Isaac. I actually can't remember either, Aaron. What was it? <laughs> one one. Oh, oh, was it Aaron? Really? Was it? Yeah, did, did Man United um, draw with Fulham, who have already been relegated? Did they? A bit. <laughs> did they? Did they a bit? Just, oh, just that's a, a shame. Bit. I mean, um, yeah. Um, I have nothing <laughs> more to call. I have nothing to comment on that. Um, other than Manchester United do better. 
quite frankly, I don't care that it was in injury time. You just need to do better and win against a team that have already been relegated. That is embarrassing. You should hang your head in shame, then go and look down over a bridge, but don't jump off it, please. <laughs> I do actually like some of you. But go and look down and see the tide lapping against the bridge and just think, that's me banging your head into the post. Yeah, lovely stuff from Aaron there. Okay, uh, so that was uh, last week's games. We're going to go over this week's ones. But first of all, I think it's worth mentioning uh, sort of all the stuff that's happened. Obviously, Pep Guardiola has, has said that he's he's going to keep it cold. He's going to be he's going to he said he's he said, he's gonna, he said he'll be cold and ruthless when it comes to selecting his starting lineup for the Champions League final. What's the better um, that Raheem Sterling's in there? Yeah. Uh, Thomas Tuchel said it's our fault. It's so close uh, for the top four. So uh, yeah, Chelsea. It'll well, be Chelsea or Liverpool. It's more Lampard's fault. It's not his, is it? Let's be honest. Well, he said our, so Chelsea in general. Uh, obviously, Klopp has, has said it's, been, it's going to be absolutely massive if Liverpool make it. Um, and then Roy Hodgson has said he will leave Crystal Palace at the end of the season. Unfortunate, which is big. properly unfortunate because he is a living good manager for them. Yeah, um, and. I mean, he is getting on, to be fair. Hey, at least he hasn't been sacked. It's, it's nice. Um, he's, a, he's a good guy. He's one of those managers that he, he's never really done anything wrong. Yeah, right. no, he's never done anything wrong. He is, to be honest, quite fantastic. But in other news of um, people leaving their uh, managerial positions at football clubs, so Nuno has said he is going to leave Wolves at the end of this season by mutual agreement. Uh, the 47-year-old Portuguese who left Porto to take charge in 2017 won the championship title in his first season and then he signed a deal to extend his contract to 2023 but they've obviously decided to not do that. Yes, he just doesn't like his job anymore. No. <laughs> um, yeah. Although Shame. he's and you because that's literally what they do all the time. Yeah. Um, uh, other man, other manager news. Sam Allardyce will leave his role as West Brom manager at the end of the season as well. Um, he obviously he Allardyce has suffered his first um, Premier League relegation this year, uh, which is kind of yeah. big when they lost to Arsenal. But it's a shame for him. Again, he's another one. I mean, he's done things wrong, I suppose, in in his t- in his time. But he's just he's just a guy, isn't he? He's an old man <laughs> that has managed lots of clubs in his time. But yeah. it's a shame. Um- Although, it does anyone really care? I mean, I know I put it in the news, but that's only because it was top story on the Sky Sports app. Yeah, yeah. but uh, and final manager stuff. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer says Manchester United may still be in the market for a striker this summer, despite uh, signing Cavani. Um, now, Cavani scored a cracker of a goal uh, against Fulham, that, even though they draw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah um, just move on. But, yeah, but uh, they they said they are looking at Harry Kane, but it, it's it's not necessarily likely at the moment. But so yeah, lots of manager stuff to start us. Lots off. of manager stuff. Um, I just gotta say, I would say we definitely need a forward, but then we got to have we've also got to buy a centre back to make sure to see if one of ours is injured. We've actually got someone who's awful. Yeah. Well, there we go. Right, let's go over this week's games. Yes, um, Isaac. Let's start with Liverpool and Crystal Palace. Okie dokie. Now, I'll talk about Liverpool. So, obviously, yeah. we've got Palace. This is at Anfield. I actually thought it was at Selhurst Park, which is not. Um, so, it's at Anfield, which is nice. Now, Crystal Palace do seem to be the ones that always seem to beat Liverpool. <laughs> so Yeah, um, that's always good. But I suppose this season, everyone's beating Liverpool, really, haven't they? But, um, yeah. 
But yeah, Liverpool at the moment are fourth. So are Leicester, but Leicester are on the same point. Uh, sorry, Leicester are on the same points, but have got four less goal difference. Uh, Chelsea are one point ahead, but have actually got less goal difference than Liverpool. So if Liverpool can beat Palace, that would be nice. We pretty much secure a place in the top four, I think. It just depends on what uh, Chelsea and Leicester do. Now, Chelsea playing Villa, interesting game. I mean, Villa have been pretty good this season, even though they were fighting relegation last year. But uh, if, if Villa can win that, obviously Liverpool could confirm. But Leicester Spurs as well. So both Chelsea and Leicester have got pretty difficult games. So I am fully backing Liverpool to make top four, personally. So um, for my prediction of Liverpool versus Palace, I yeah. am going to say, obviously I want Liverpool to win. But, and I, I think they will. I'm going to say, I'm going to say it's going to be tough. And I think Palace are going to have a disallowed goal. And I think it'll be 1-0 Liverpool. 1-0 Liverpool, okay. I've gone for VAR 2-1 Liverpool. VAR will be a big part. Uh, well, I think it's a big part in everything. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> is there a goal? Right, quick. Right. Here's how it works if you watch, in, if you watch football in a football stadium now. Goal for whoever. Look up to the screen. Wait for the VAR check. And it's not allowed. Finally, a goal. And then yeah, so you don't actually celebrate when a goal scored, yeah. Okay, next one. No, point. you just look and then... Ten seconds later, you celebrate. Um, uh, now, much like you said, with Crystal Palace always seeming to beat Liverpool, Wolves always seem to beat Manchester United. Yes, so that's no. a good game to end the season on, isn't it? For Manchester well, United. exactly, for both teams. Um, Man U, obviously a second in the table, have secured their Champions League spots, have got a uh, Europa League final to look forward to. Yeah. Um, so that that's a big thing for them, obviously. I think they're focusing on that, considering they've yeah. already made Champions League. Um, so yeah, they're safe. They're safe in second. Wolves, however, are twelfth. So they are doing decent. I mean, they're they're not relegated. They're far above that. They're very safe. They're they're decent. They've done well. Um, Wolves could no, they won't make. They can't beat twelfth basically this year. So Wolves no. haven't got anything to play for. United haven't got anything to play for. So really, I mean, Wolves could end up down in fifteenth uh, actually. So to be fair to them, they it would be nice if they win. But yeah. I'm going to say, now United drew with Fulham. I don't think they can do that again. I'm going to say 2-0 no. to United. Okay, 2-0 to Mum. Uh, I am going to say, I think it's going to be really, really tight uh, and a bit of a goal fest. So I'm going to say 3-2 to Wolves. Interesting. Yeah, because the thing is, I want Nuno to win his last game because I do really like him. So, and nothing bad happens if he if Manu lose. So, yeah, give it to him. Three two, right? Uh, a local game where it's concerning us. Uh, West Ham and Southampton. Uh, uh, the Hammers have yeah. been have been hammering on the door um, of doing amazingness with Jesse Lingard and the. Many other players. Rice has been, yeah. Anyway, yeah, um, but unfortunately, it's not so local as it's in the London Stadium. So yeah, no, uh, but uh, yeah, West Ham have had an absolute. Miles away, though. Yeah, yeah. West Ham have had an absolute cracker of a season. However, uh, the last few games haven't been so good. They've won two of the last six uh, and lost three, uh, two of them to Everton and Chelsea. To be fair to them, but they drew with Brighton, so that's that's one they should have won really. Uh, but they beat Burnley and West Brom again, two teams that again they should have beaten. But the other team they lost to was Newcastle. Now that's a big thing for West Ham. They, that's the sort of team you should beat if you're making Europa League spots. Um, so yeah, this, for West Ham it's all to play for. They can make Europa League if they lose. 
um, Spurs and Everton and Arsenal can all still make Europa League. Uh, no, Leeds can't. Um, but <laughs> but yeah, so it's all to play for. But I think, you know, so it, it will most likely be because uh, if, say, because um, Leicester won the FA Cup, they'll be in Europa League anyway. So it will be it will open up to the seventh place. Uh, so uh, Leicester already in, but it'll be sixth and seventh. So far, West Ham are sixth, Spurs are seventh. Um, but they're on the same points as Everton in eighth. But uh, Saints-wise, um, again, Saints started off the season not great, but they picked it up a bit. Uh, they've actually won two of the last six and lost. They've actually got the same stats as West Ham. Um, but Lelsie, uh, sorry, uh, Saints have beaten Palace and Fulham. Uh, lost to Leeds and Liverpool and Spurs, um, but they drew with Leicester, so that that's a, that's a bit of an interesting. Yeah, one. so Saints are this sort of club that just goes. If if this if if they their performance was a graph, it would go up up down down. Exactly, it just means that constantly. So they started off and the start of the season not great, and then they they went up. They had a, a spike, and now they've gone down quite a bit. They're yeah, actually fourteenth. You, it, it, they are one of the clubs you cannot predict. No, like, exactly. Whatever you say is going to happen. Something completely different just going to knock you over the head. But yeah, they've got like England players as well. Danny Ings, James yeah. Prowse. Um, they've also got the likes of Theo Walcott as well, um, who yeah. can do wonders for them. But uh, against the West Ham side that have been classic and just amazing this se- this year, um, I think I've got to see it going to the Hammers' way. I must say, um, yeah. I'm going to say Danny Ings will score. I want Danny Ings to score. Okay. I'm going to say three one to West Ham though. Okay, I am going to say 1-1, because I can. And, <laughs> um, um, just a yeah, quick nomination for Dark Pommelhorse as well. Much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A quick nomination for Dark Pommelhorse. Um, it's going to be uh, Danny Ings versus Jesse Lingard at the, at the front, isn't yeah. it? The, the two, yeah. the two, these are the two Dark Pommelhorses we've had all season, really. West Ham versus Saints. Danny Ings, I'm, I'm going to give it to both of them. Both of them. Yeah, uh, and I I can just hear three o'clock tomorrow or whenever an hour before kickoff is. Shock news! Jesse Lingard not in the side. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Actually, <laughs> he might not be in the squad. Um, but yeah. So I think that brings our football slash guess the score convo to an end. Absolutely, and uh, just a quick mention. Um, yesterday was Friday, and it was the. Uh, European Challenge Cup rugby, so it's basically the Europa League of rugby um, final. And Leicester played Montpellier. Unfortunately, Montpellier won that uh, in the end. Very close, one point game, I believe, in the end. Uh, today, Saturday, it was the Heineken Champions Cup final, uh, which is like Champions League of rugby. And uh, that was uh, La Rochelle versus Toulouse. Toulouse have won it four times before, and they made it five today. Uh, so fair play to them. Although they have won it loads of times, so I was sort of backing La Rochelle, but a uh, good game anyway. So yeah. Okay, and in and in other general sports gossip news, uh, Dan Walker has had his final football focus today. So oh really? Good luck I didn't to know him that. Wherever he ends up, yeah, Alex Scott will be taking over at oh. the beginning of next season. Which is, that's quite a big thing actually, because Dan Walker's like the the man, isn't he? Football yeah. focus is like a big he thing, said, like a Saturday he show. Said, uh, 19, 6, 1990. Wow, yeah, that's huge. When he's been doing it. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, we wish him all the best with his future endeavours. Absolutely. Um, and that was, that was all that, basically. Now, a bit of, bit of plugging. Um, on Wednesday, the 26th of May, so that's the coming Wednesday, uh, at 2pm, I will be live on the radio uh, on unity101.org. Woo-hoo! 
Yes, I'll be doing a college radio show with my friend. Uh, we'll be live at 2 p.m. on Wednesday the 26th. Uh, you can Google unity101.org, uh, listen live on the website, or you can uh, find 101 on your radio station and listen there. But I'll be live at 2 p.m. for the hour. So, yes. Uh, live? Tune live on the radio, yes. I'll be live. Oh, okay. From college, so, yeah. Please can you flip up. Uh, I've chosen lots of songs I can give you oh, I won't give you any sneak previews but I've chosen some song, songs we've got some good chat um, so yeah do stay tuned for that that'll be great fun um, next week obviously we've got another show and you can get in contact with us Aaron how uh, you can get in contact with us by emailing us by, at what's the score podcast 2020 at gmail.com uh, you can contact us by sending a voice message in via Anchor. You can do many other things, which I will now tell you, because I've actually forgotten some of them. You can tweet us. I can't remember what the at handle is. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on all social medias, uh, so look us up. Uh, just message us in general. Uh, but also listen to the rest of our podcasts and all your usual listening platforms. I'm with you again next week. But Aaron, first of all, what have we learned this week? Well, this week we have learned that Dan Walker has left his job at Football Focus. And if he would like a new job, come on, eh, mate? Come on. Yeah. It's not going to be a regular thing, but we'd like you as a guest. <laughs> yeah, we would, really. Uh, and we've also right. learned that uh, it, hurts, it hurts my nose when I laugh about a Chinese man not knowing that... Um, that uh, fortune cookies were American. So there you go. And it also is weird that I'm not in control of the edit because I've cut it just for after Chinese man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yes, and thank you very much to Chrissy for the interview. A very inspiring interview there. And we'll have another one in a few weeks' time. So stay tuned for that. But thanks very much for listening today. That's all from us. We'll be with you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. What's the score with Aaron and Isaac?